0: It seems to me the world could use a lot more kindness. That's what we're talking about today on Sunday Sermons. This is Jerry Webb, thanks for joining us as we continue our summer series, Spirit-Filled Summer. Today, we look at spirit-filled kindness. So get your kindness on and listen well. And as you listen, be thinking about a project, a kindness project. What could you do to Be kind to someone, a group of people, an organization. What would your kindness project look like? Well, here we go. Spirit-filled kindness. Thanks for joining us. Looking at a couple of scripture verses together this morning. One we've been reading all summer long. We're going to continue to read it and uh, get it fully in our hearts and minds. It's Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. And I've been using the Passion Translation to read that. It just gives us a whole new perspective on this scripture. It says to us, But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless. Well, maybe we should focus on that last part. That these fruits of the spirit are meant in us to be limitless. And then a parable of Jesus from Luke chapter 10. Beginning at verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. Have you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor As yourself you have answered correctly Jesus replied do this and you will live but he wanted to justify himself so he asked Jesus and who is my neighbor in reply Jesus said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. With these, Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus replied, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. And one more portion of a verse from Ephesians chapter four, the beginning part of verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Stories told of a woman named Mamie Adams. She always went to the branch post office in her town because the postal employees there were so kind and friendly to her. One year she went just shortly before Christmas and needed some stamps to send out her cards and the lines were particularly long. Someone pointed out to her that there was no need to wait in line because there was a stamp machine in the lobby. And uh, Mamie looked at the person and responded, I-, I know, but the stamp machine won't ask me about my arthritis. <laughs> you know, We all need that kind touch. That act of kindness, that act of someone who, who demonstrates a little bit of care toward us. So we think about kindness this morning. Here's a definition for us. Kindness is relating to others in a supportive, tender, and caring manner to others in need of God's love. It is the way or manner in which we treat others. As we think about the fruit of the Spirit, this idea of kindness, we're reminded that in recent years, if you've watched and paid attention at all, which I know you have, you've noticed that there is a growing emphasis in our culture on unkindness. Often we hear and we'll read about uh, random acts of kindness that people have initiated. It wasn't too long ago. Uh, probably two or three months ago, I, I drove up through a drive-through to, to get something to drink, and uh, as I drove up to pay my bill and get what I had ordered, I, the lady looked at me and said, the, guy, the car in front of you paid for it. Well, if I'd have known that, I would have ordered more than a dollar drink, but you know, that's the other story. And, uh, but it was just that act of kindness that someone did for me, someone I didn't even know and didn't know me. You never know what what being kind can do for others. Of course, we have these biblical examples of kindness all over. Uh, we, We know a lot of them. This morning I've read of the Good Samaritan. We'll talk about that in a bit. But These acts of kindness are powerful. The parable makes it clear to us that Jesus expects us to behave in ways toward others that demonstrate kindness. And when he was asking about neighbors and loving our neighbors and telling us to love our neighbors, what if he meant that we should love our actual neighbors? You know, the the people that live closest to us live right around us. To love our actual neighbors. It's important to note that, you know, as we've gone through this last year and a half or so, there's a big difference between social distancing and social isolation. We're not to live in isolation from others. We need to be people who demonstrate kindness to others. You know, and as we hear these cries for kindness, as we see and experience acts of kindness, it's kind of interesting to me to to realize that the world is asking everyone to follow the teachings of Jesus. We've heard it in the COVID pandemic as we've been told that wearing masks is an act of kindness toward others. It's just, the reminder that we're to live the way Jesus taught us to live. Do you know how people know their neighbors today, at least most of us? It's not that we actually know them and have conversations with them. Today, the way we love them is we comment on their Facebook post or we like their Instagram pictures, <laughs> but, but we may never really have a conversation with them. Someone did uh, a survey Actually, it was the General Social Society. It was in the New York Times. Uh, The writer of the article was a a journalist named Jennifer Jolly. She said that in the survey, only about 20% of Americans say they spend time with their neighbors. Only 20%. And then it said only a third of the population reports any interaction at all. With the people who live nearby. So I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands and tell us how much time you spend with your neighbors, but how well do we know the people around us? How kind are we to them? As Jesus was talking to those Jewish leaders that day and telling this made up story we call a parable, he is confronted with a question, who's our neighbor? The man asked Jesus, who's my neighbor? Well, who is our neighbor? Friend recently talked about this verse as it is often understood today, and he, he lumps all of this story of of the Good Samaritan and then the great commandment, love your neighbor as yourself, love the Lord your God. He puts it into four words and I've heard a lot of people do this and just say, okay, boiled down to his essence, it's love God, love people. And while that's specific in another sense, it's kind of generic. Who does it mean? The Jews of Jesus' day narrowed this idea of neighbor down to a very narrow focus. The Greek word is plēsion. It just means a friend. But according to the Jews of Jesus' day, the friends that they talked about, the neighbors they loved, were were any member of the Hebrew family. If you weren't a member of the Hebrew family, you were out. No need to be kind to them. They're not one of us. No need to be kind to them, they don't know our family traditions, they don't live by our ways of life, so they're excluded. But Jesus changed all of that with this parable. According to Jesus, our neighbor is any other person, irrespective of nation or religion with whom we have a chance to meet. So neighbor isn't just the person that lives beside us, Neighbor is anyone we encounter who needs our kindness, our graciousness, our help, our care. It seems kind of obvious that Jesus intends for us to love everyone, to be kind from everyone. The parable of the Good Samaritan, it's one of those stories that many of us who've grown up in church remember from our childhoods. The story of a man beaten and robbed and left for dead and then those three who walked by, the priest. Uh, of anyone who you think would help someone who, who was in need, you'd think it would be a priest, wouldn't you? But no, because the man in the ditch was a Samaritan. He was outside the family, no need to help him. The Levite walked by. Same thing. Well, he's not in the family. I don't have to worry about him. The Samaritan, Jesus says, took pity on him. That's an interesting word. Pity. What does it mean to pity someone? I think as we use it today, often when we use that word, we think it's just, oh, that's too bad. I have pity on you. Too bad that happened. But it it really has a deeper meaning than that. It's a word that talks about compassion. And such a compassion that we are moved to action. That's what the good Samaritan did. He, He saw the man who was hurt and beaten and robbed and unable to help himself. And he took action in the person's life. In other words, he interrupted his travel schedule. He attended to his wounds. He took him to shelter and he paid the bill. What an act of kindness that was. And mercy on him. Mercy is simply kindness or goodwill towards Uh, Those who are in distress or afflicted. But it's always joined with a desire to help. A desire to get involved. So neighbor isn't simply the person near to you. It's also the person that has a need. Jesus compels us to love him to the point of getting involved in their lives. Making a difference call to love our neighbor is an invitation to get involved with them. To know them well enough that we see their needs and can act to help them. And it's probably a place where we all need to improve. To to love our neighbors in a way that demonstrates kindness. So let's think about it this way. Let's think about the stranger. And that if we're going to be people of kindness, we walk the stranger through a progression. Now, we won't be able to do this with every person we we come in contact with. But if we're sensitive to the guiding and the Holy Spirit, from time to time, he's going to tap us on the shoulder and say, here's a person that needs more attention from you, needs more help from you. And so this stranger becomes an acquaintance. And as we get to know them, we build a relationship with them. It's moving a person out of our sphere of of care our sphere of relationship and bringing them into it it's it's the stranger that we say hi to and moving them into an acquaintance and and we know their name and say hi john and we build a relationship with them and say hi john how are you and your family doing in light of all the changes oh it's being a good neighbor Well, you've come to expect this summer that I'll have a a new puppy story for you. So, so I've got a new puppy story for you today. Yesterday, Linda had our little pup out in the backyard and uh, we have a giant dog that lives behind us. His name is Atlas. And, and he fits the name. Our dog's name is Bear. We gave him that because he's, it's ironic. He's never going to be more than 15 pounds. And we just think it's kind of funny to call this great big name of Bear to such a little dog. But the dog behind us, he's Atlas. When, when Bear meets Atlas, he immediately is on his back saying, I surrender. <laughs> and yesterday, Linda was outside when... Uh, with with our, our pup, when when Atlas came out, and the man who lives there, notice I didn't say his name, I'm indicting myself, because I don't remember it, and so uh, our little dog loves everybody. He wants to see uh, the, the big dog, even though it's a giant, and he wants to greet the neighbor, and so Linda walked over to the fence, and, and the neighbor walked out, and they began a conversation, and And we are aware that in the family behind us, they had a new baby uh, two or three months ago, maybe four. And so Linda was asking about the baby and and learned that the baby's name is Everett. And uh, just started asking about Everett. And then uh, he asked Linda, "Uh, have you taken him back to a vet yet for his shots, which we just did yesterday morning. And he said, oh, did you go to the vet over on Hayes? It's the closest one to us. And Linda said, no, we wanted to. It's right across the street from where I work, but they aren't taking new clients, so we couldn't go there. And he looked at Linda and said, you mean you work right across the street? You mean Goddard School? And Linda said, yeah, I I work at Goddard School. And he says, oh, that's where we take Everett. (laughs) And Linda's light bulb came on. Everett yeah, I know Everett. I'm busy taking care of Everett. I don't worry about mom and dad. Well, she didn't say it that way. That's my interpretation and she would rebut it, I'm sure. But a neighbor. How well are we doing at moving strangers to acquaintances into relationship so that we can demonstrate kindness to them? How well do we know the people around us so that we can love them well enough and know them well enough that we see their needs and we can be ready to help? What are are some practices that we can put into place to to be good neighbors, to live out kindness? Well, I, I would say with the stranger, let's begin with prayer. Let's just pray for them. We don't even have to know much about them to know how we need to pray. There are all kinds of Bible verses that tell us how to pray for others, so we can just pray those if we don't know specific things to lift up for them. But God's calling us to pray beyond the boundaries of our homes and our lives. He's giving us ways to advance his work in the lives of neighbors and co-workers by praying for them. And as we learn to pray with biblical hope, We find ourselves praying our way into the story of what God is already unfolding in their lives. And so when God taps you on the shoulder about this stranger and and gives you a nudge toward spending a little more time, paying a little more attention, maybe a good beginning place is to pray for them. But we wanna move it along. And so with the acquaintance, as we get to know them better, it's to care. It's to to live out tangible demonstrations of kindness. Tangible demonstrations of kindness. It's to reach out by phone or email. It's to talk to them when we're outside. It's to ask how they're doing. It's to get outside of our little Christian bubble of of favorite people and look to the neighbors around us and demonstrate the fruit of the spirit of kindness. You see, when when we're kind and caring, that leads to opportunities to, to display God's love. Praying for others will help you keep alert to the ways you might be able to demonstrate God's love God's love in their lives in practical tangible ways and so we move to share when in relationship we share what do we share we share the gospel of Jesus What could be kinder than sharing with someone else how they can spend eternity with God? Eternity in heaven. What could be kinder than sharing with someone else how they can let go of the residue of guilt of all the wrongs they have in their life? That they don't have to live with that weight, but they can be free from it now. I don't think anything could be kinder than that. So let's be kind. The kindness we're talking about this morning isn't just a kindness that's your everyday generic, I'm gonna be kind, I'm gonna smile, I'm gonna gonna be polite. It's a Holy Spirit infused kindness. It's a kindness that is demonstrated in such a way that, that people not only experience the kindness, but they experience something of God's love along with the kindness. It's more. It's kindness plus. And God often gives us creative ways to communicate with people about how they can follow Jesus. And so instead of dreading evangelism and sharing our faith as if it were a burden, we can find ourselves following God's lead with kindness, with authenticity. Romans 15, 2 says, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Catherine Booth and her husband were the founders of Salvation Army. She was often called during her life and maybe still called the mother of of the Salvation Army. And wherever Catherine Booth went, humanity went to hear her, so says G. Campbell Morgan. Princes and princesses merged with paupers and prostitutes to hear her speak. One night... Uh, Morgan shared a meeting with Mrs. Booth and there was a great crowd of of people there. Uh, Morgan described it as publicans and sinners. Good people and bad. And her message that night brought many to Christ. After the meeting, both... uh, Campbell Morgan, G. Campbell, and Mrs. Booth went, went to someone's home to be entertained and the lady of the manor, the lady of the house, said, my dear Mrs. Booth, that meeting was dreadful. What do you mean, dearie? What was dreadful about it? Well, when you were speaking, I was looking at the people opposite of me. Their faces were so terrible, many of them. I don't think I shall sleep tonight. Why, dearie, didn't you know them? Certainly not. Well, that's interesting, Mrs. Booth said. I I didn't bring them with me from London. They're your neighbors. (laughs) They're your neighbors. parable of the Good Samaritan, the gift of the spirit of kindness within us, reminds us that everyone is deserving and worthy of our kindness, our graciousness. Who's our neighbor? Anyone and everyone we encounter. And Jesus says, love them. Two quotes from Mother Teresa as I wrap this up. I I think they're helpful. One time she said, kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. Well, that's true. The echoes of kind words that we share with others will ring in their minds for a long time, endlessly. Then one more from Mother Teresa. Be the living expression of God's kindness. Kindness in your face, kindness in your eyes, kindness in your smile, kindness in your warm greeting. Be the living expression of God's kindness. What do we do with this? I've talked with you for a few minutes now about uh, kindness and being kind and loving to our neighbors, to people around us. What what do we do with this? How do I want you to respond? You know, often the the most common response I get to a message when I share something with you on Sunday morning is is out there in in the lobby before we leave. Uh, Many of you often will say, nice sermon, pastor. And some of you even mean it. (laughs) Some of you just being polite. (laughs) That was supposed to be funny, I don't think you all thought it was funny. I don't mind if you say nice sermon, Pastor. But you know what, on this one, I, I want us to do something. I want us to really make an intentional effort To be kind in some way towards someone else this week. And as I talk about this for the next 30 seconds or a minute, if one or two faces pop into your mind, don't take that as just a coincidence. Those might be the very people that are on God's heart for you to demonstrate some kind of Kindness to this week. So, what would a kindness project look like for you? It'll be different for all of us. I, I, I didn't write out a one, two, three, four step process for us all to do a, some kind of a kindness project. But what would be your kindness project? What's something you can do? Some act of kindness you can demonstrate? that is repeatable. You could do it for many people, but for this week you're gonna look for one or two. What would that look like for you? Maybe it's to leverage some hobby and uh, share it with someone else. If you're a good baker, Maybe it's to share a goodie with someone. Don't bring me any cookies, I'm trying to lose weight, but your neighbor probably needs them. Maybe it's just to remember to say thank you to the person that works in the next cubicle at work. Or to get beyond just a a greeting and, and ask someone, how's your family? What would a kindness project look like? Design one, live it out, and let's make sure that as we live the Jesus life, filled with His Spirit, that we demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit of kindness, and that we do it in such a way that people recognize it's more than it touches the heart of God in some way and brings that heart of God into their life so that they recognize the spirit in you, God's grace in you. And in so being kind, may that lead for all of us to opportunities to share why we're kind that it's not just societal politeness, but it's the prompting of the Spirit of God within us. To live out the kind of kindness that God demonstrates to us. We haven't deserved His kindness, not any of us, and yet He has demonstrated it to us over and over and over and over. Let's be kind. And let's let the Holy Spirit in us prompt us to kindness.